The Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. And make sure to check out Draft Day 2.0 starting August 9th at noon Pacific. Ryan Real Money Kramer will begin drafting for 24 hours straight. The Fantasy Football Marathon will raise money for Daryl, a loyal listener who was injured in a motorcycle accident. Head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day for more details. And welcome into the Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me this evening is my co-host, Emerson Beery. How are we doing, sir? I'm fabulous. Just getting off a long work weekend. Uh, went to go see a concert over the weekend. It was definitely awesome. Nice. So just a little tired, but I'm ready to roll. <laughs> who, who, who'd you see? Les Claypool, the uh, right. the uh, lead singer and bassist of uh, Primus. Um, okay. Yeah, he, well, he wasn't playing with Primus over the weekend, but it was a nice kind of jazzy funk kind of uh, concert. So it was a lot of fun, though. All right, right on, right on. Good stuff. Well, tonight we're talking about running backs. We're going to be reviewing the running back market watch, some guys that are going up and down in our rankings, whether they're you know moving along in our in our um in our ranks or we're just comparing them to the ADPs or draft values. So we're gonna jump right into it here. Uh, first, we're gonna be covering our climbers, guys that are moving up our boards or maybe higher than some of the ADP that you've seen out there. And again, we're talking running backs strictly. So Emerson, who's your first guy up that you wanna talk about? Who's someone that uh, that you're eyeing that's moving up the ranks right now? Um, and the first guy I want, I was totally out on this guy to begin the off season. I swore myself never again, but I'm falling mm -hmm. for the camp hype, the muscles, the, the Saquon Barkley, the, the those um those muscle videos online, I'm falling for them again. Quad uh, Barkley. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I just can't help myself. Um, when I see it, I just I just the the potential is all that I see. I just see that RB one potential. Uh, no mm -hmm. one else has that in his range. Uh, I see a lot of sites still ranking him kind of in that that end of the turn or uh, round two, start around three. I don't think he's going there anymore. Um, he's going in the mid second in most drafts that I see now, and I'm completely fine taking him there. I have him ranked as a first round pick right now, and he's my tenth overall player. Um, so I'm really high on Saquon Barkley. I, like I said, I, I told myself at the end of the, off, the uh, last season, never again, but here I am again. So <laughs> Saquon Barkley is a big guy for me. I'm right there with you, man. I actually moved him up my board quite a bit. I have him at running back nine right now. I see that you have him at running back, what was that, six or five? Five, running, running back five. So a little bit higher than me, but I also pulled him down from like running back 15 or 16. So I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm catching the same breeze that you are for sure. I'm, I'm riding that uh, that camp hype. And realistically, he just looks good, right? Like he looks healthy. He, he's moving well, you know, off the line of scrimmage and in, in training camp and, and whatnot. He's looking good running routes. We've seen some nice catches in the end zone. So, I mean, real, realistically, he's just passing the eye test. He doesn't look bad. And there was a lot of times last season I felt where when he was healthy, he didn't look amazing, right? Like he he didn't look as sharp. Mm -hmm. And I feel like year two coming off the injury, like he's, he's going to be a lot better. So I'm right there with you. Like I said, I moved him up to running back nine. I feel pretty good about it. And realistically, there's no one in that running back room that's going to take touches from him. I feel like he's ready for a full workload. And when we've seen him at a full workload in the past, he's put up running back one number. So I'm kind of low-key feeling the Giants a little bit more, you know? Like, I'm, I've always been high on Kadarius Tony this offseason, someone that I'm really excited about. But, you know, Kenny Galladay's looking a little bit better. Wandell Robinson is looking like he's passing the eye test. He's looking good in camp. And then, I don't know about Dan Jones, but... 
you know, from from camp, he looks a little bit better. He looks a little bit better than seasons past, and there seems to be a few more positives around him. So, yeah, I think the Giants, uh, they've got some ADP risers for sure. I agree with the Saqu- Saquon Barkley take. Uh, yeah, and you know what? That that's the concern that the 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 giant offense. Um, I was gonna wait one more year to potentially buy him. I was saying at, when he when the uh, giant offense was maybe getting better next season, but I, like you said, I just don't see anybody getting carries. You know, he's never been, he's never you know rushing has always been a little tough. Or he's always gotten work in the passing game. He's always sometimes generally he always ended up sometimes. I had a lot of games. You know, I've I've been I've owned a lot of Saquon Barkley in the past, and there's been a lot of games mm-hmm. that he runs for like 40 yards, but then he catches like 10 passes for 100 yards too. So you know that's where the upside is, man. Right. But if he if he could ever you know the giant offensive line should be better this season, and if and if they you know if he if he can just get get consistently you know 15 to 20 carries and get close to 100 mm-hmm. yards, and I mean yes, he does have that CMC type ceiling. Oh, absolutely. The, the the PPR upside is there. I mean, realistically, he's, he's just a freak athlete. I mean, just, just look at him. If he's healthy and they're giving him the ball like they should, he's going to have value no matter what he's doing, whether he's running the ball or he's catching the ball. And I'm, I'm very similar sentiment to my experience with, with Barkley. He's like, I don't care how much he rushes for. I care how many fantasy points he gets me. He's always, very, he's always been very reliable, really outside of last season, when fully healthy. So, yeah, I'm back on that hype train for sure. Uh, my first guy up is Alvin Kamara. I've moved him all the way up to running back six. I am off of the the scares that we're going to be missing any of him this season. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL has the video there. They've been in possession of it, of the supposed incident where, you know, he's in question to potentially miss maybe, you know, three, five, six games, something like that. He doesn't have a hearing until the 29th of September. The season's already been going on. I have to imagine that process will be kind of prolonged or dragged out. So I'm not really concerned about him missing time, especially in like redraft formats. Like you really shouldn't be that concerned right now. He's being drafted as running back 12 Emerson. He's been a top 10 running back every single year. He's been in the league. This is a guy that, you know, he, he was over 1300 yards last season and only 13 games played. And that was with a huge reduction in pass catching work, right? This, I think last season was the only year he hadn't uh, eclipsed, 80 plus uh, receptions. And that was be, you know, most likely because he didn't play in as many games. He only played in 13. Um, but at a full season, he would have been right there with the top guys, you know, in the league last season. Finishes RB8 last year, RB1 the year prior to that, and RB9 the uh, three years ago in 2019. Still a ton of upside here. I feel like the public and the market is still, even at RB12, overreacting to the potential time missed. What do you think about this situation? Uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. I've been picking, I've been doing, you know, I've been doing a lot of underdog drafts and he's been automatic for me in the mid third, a few weeks ago, Ooh. end of the mid, you know, kind of the beginning of the third a week ago. And now he's definitely creeping in that second round range and I'm still drafting. Same as Saquon Barkley. I just see, you know, league winning up, you know, it's kind of an overused term, but league winning upside in the second round. Yeah. So Kamara Barkley, those are great picks of mine. I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, in dynasty leagues, I've been really pushing away. Actually, I mean, you know that that's a, that's a good distinction there that you mentioned um, because once he you know he's about he's 27 years old. Once that suspension mm-hmm. does hit, if it's next season, he's a he's a 28 year old back next season who's who right. has a six game suspension. So in dynasty leagues, I, I'm really am avoiding. He's not somebody I'm targeting. But in redraft leagues, absolutely sign me up. That's uh, he's at a great price right now, and he's still going at a discount because yeah, and I don't and I don't see him being suspended this season based on what we're hearing. 
Yeah, he's a guy whose floor is, you know, 1250 all-purpose yards. His ceiling is probably 1800 plus, you know. I'm I'm not saying he's going to be, you know, like in that Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara type of threshold where, you know, he's he's pursuing like 2000 plus all-purpose yards, but at the same time like you look at his offense, he's still going to be a focal part of it as long as he's not suspended. He's obviously fully healthy. Um, and he had such a huge workload last year. He had 240 carries, a career high. I have to imagine that they're going to work in Mark Ingram more so on the ground, and they're going to get Alvin Kamara back to like you know that 75, 80 plus reception threshold. I I, I feel pretty confident in, in that this season. You know, this isn't a guy that's rushing for you know a thousand yards any season he's been in the league, right? Like he's a guy that's going to get you you know 800 to 900 you know rushing yards and probably somewhere between seven to eight, 900, you know, receiving yards, somewhere uh, com- just as equal on the uh, receiving side of the ball. So absolute slam dunk for me, especially in that area that you're talking about, third round and best ball. My goodness, I'll take them first round, early second in a single quarterback league um, any day, twice on Tuesday for sure. Uh, who's who's your next guy up? Who, who, who's your uh, your second choice? I, uh, I have Joe Mixon up as my second one. Um, he finished okay. as the RB5, I believe, last year in PPR scoring, and I have him ranked as my PPR RB4 this year. Mm-hmm. I just see I just see it running back on a great offense, really high usage, high touchdowns. I, you know, I, it can't be both. People are talking about Burroughs, you know, re- insane, uh, like, you know, his insane efficiency. And, you know, mm-hmm. it can't be both. He, he can't be, you know, and people are using that as a, as a way, I guess, to say that he's going to regress. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if that's the case, then Joe Mixon has to be getting a ton of carries. It can't be both. Um, I do think Mix. I, I think it'll be a good balanced offense. I, I but I think Mixon's getting a lot of carries. I believe his career high in targets is somewhere around 55 targets, and I think he I think he could easily just see that this year. So he's someone mm-hmm. I'm really high on. Uh, he, I think he's you know he has less health concerns than Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook. He's on certainly on a better offense than Derrick Henry is. A lot more touchdowns, a lot more play opportunities. So he's someone I've definitely been targeting a lot. And you, you know, at the end of the first round, I think he usually slides. I usually have him ranked considerably higher than most people do. So he's someone I've been mm-hmm. grabbing up a lot. So oddly enough, he is on my fallers list. It's not oh. by much. It's not by much. Like he's being drafted as running back eight. You have him as running back four, right? So yeah, like like you said, you're a little bit higher. No no problem there. I'm at running back ten. So I'm I'm like just a smidge off of the market, off of the public. It's just really difficult for me. I've, I have bad Joe Mixon experience. And going back to the well and back-to-back years with Joe Mixon, maybe it's maybe I'm not exposing myself to risk, but it feels like it. My gut tells me that's what I'm getting myself into, asking Joe Mixon to go and score double-digit touchdowns again when he just came off a career year 13 rushing touchdowns. He hadn't had 10-plus rushing touchdowns any season prior. So it's a little tough for me. I think that we're going to see some regression on rushing attempts. I think that we're going to see some regression on total touchdowns. And I think the yardage can still be there. You know, but you know, are we going to get, you know, a full healthy season of 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 Mixon? That's what I'm concerned about. And I don't like going into drafts betting on players to be hurt. I want to draft guys at their ceilings. So maybe I'm not drafting Joe Mixon at his ceiling, but maybe I'm just being a little bit more cautious and there's some guys that I feel you know, maybe a little bit more comfortable to draft ahead of him. But hey, at the end of the day, anybody can get hurt. I can prioritize anyone that I want over Joe Mixon. They can still get hurt, right? Like that. At the end of the day, that's just the way it is. So I put I I did move Barkley ahead of him. I've moved DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Those I I, I feel like are all higher than the public somewhat. Um, but still having him in the top ten. You know, I like it's it's not saying that he's going to have a bad season. 
you're all the points that you made are all right. Like he's in a very good offense. I'm not on the the Joe Burrow regression train. You know, I am on on the train that this offense isn't yet necessarily a world beater. They made it to the the Super Bowl. That was awesome. But I still feel like there's very much an underdog feeling to this team. This is a team that's still going to be chasing points. That's going to be in a very competitive AFC North still, and they're going to be chasing wins and losses, right? Like at the come the end of the game, this is a team that's going to be more vertical. And oddly enough, for some reason, this isn't a team that loves to feed Joe Mixon the ball in a vertical offense. Like, yeah, we saw 48 targets last year. You mentioned the career uh, career year, I think, uh, three or four years ago, where he did have 55 targets. Very similar receiving totals to this past season. But even then, it's not like you know he's putting up those totals like we say Alvin Kamara, who we just discussed. Like he doesn't have that same like high end PPR upside that I could see from some of those guys like Kamara, like a Swift, um, who is someone else that I mentioned in, in there, Barkley as well. Like we had said, he gets used a ton in the in the receiving game. So I don't know if that's a huge fall for, for Joe Mixon, but I am behind him in terms of like the relationship to the market and the public for sure. Just a smidge. All those guys are so close. I have like the RB3 and the RB10, just like they're all just like actually all just right <laughs> there. And and I change them up a lot in my rankings. But right. where, where I see a difference in Mixon, why I like him a little bit compared to those guys, is just a little bit more safe rushing floor. Um, mm-hmm. And those offenses that DeAndre Swift is in, Saquon Barkley's in, Alvin Kamara's in, I could, you know, you can see, a, you can see some games where you, you could see 20 rushing attempts go for 45 yards. Uh, mm-hmm. And we've seen that in the past with Barkley. We've seen that in the past with Swift. Alvin, Kam- Alvin Kamara, you know, it didn't look like that was his role last season, that high volume carry. And, you know, I'd be interested to see if he does go back to that just high, you know, taking a back seat on the rushing attempts, but but going back to the to the PPR role that he saw before. So that, that's interesting. That's why I like Mexicans. Um, I just he definitely has a little bit more of a floor. I like the offense, like I said, a little bit mm-hmm. more. Like I said, they're all very, very close, though, in my rankings. Yeah, for me, like it gets really close between like eight and like eleven, somewhere in that range. I think the top guys are st- pretty still well established. I thought uh, thought that was funny. You said three through ten. I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you got CMC and JT, and you know, like everybody else, just fall yeah. in line. Like, mm-hmm. don't exactly. get hurt the rest. Of, don't get hurt the rest of you. <laughs> That's pretty much it, right? Uh, we're gonna hit a quick word from the sponsors, and then we're gonna be right back with our next uh, uh, ADP climber at the running back position. Thinking of joining WinBet? Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get a $100 free bet. Plus, the WinBet Casino is open 24 hours a day where you can get a 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 and older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Ryan, Real Money Kramer will be drafting fantasy football best ball teams for 24 hours straight tomorrow. The drafting starts on August 9th at noon Pacific. The crew will be raising money for Daryl, a loyal listener who was injured in a motorcycle accident. So come take a listen if you can and participate. You can draft with Ryan and a ton of special guests. All the details at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft day. 
Emerson, I'm not sure if you've heard of Odds Trader, but it's a great website where you can compare odds from all major sports books. You can also compare different signup codes and promotions from sports books to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. That's the number one website for all your game day bets. Okay, and we're back. We're talking ADP climbers at the running back position. We're going to be getting back to the fallers here at the end of the show. Uh, my next guy up, Emerson, I have uh, Damian Pierce. Someone that I feel like the, the public is starting to get a little bit more heavier, heavier mm -hmm. on, a little bit more favoritism. He's being drafted as running back 43 however the public or like you know like a, a, a fantasy website like uh, fantasy pros they have him at running back 48 i have him coming off the board at running back 39 in my rankings would you say that's a little bit too high he, he's somebody that i'm just I, I keep rising in my rankings actually and he's somebody that i definitely actually need to get up a little bit more um the uh, he, he's just all the positive camp reports that we see you know you, some of it's overblown but if the guy's just getting mm -hmm. all the work Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack, if he's just looking considerably better than in practice, he's younger. There's no reason for them not to feed him the ball, especially being a young team, just trying to see what they maybe have in a young back. You know, I'm not sure he's in dynasty. He's certainly someone I'm still pretty cautious about. They can definitely move mm. on from him pretty easily. You could definitely see them using a second round pick on the deep running back class next year, third round pick, getting someone a little bit more talented than Damian Pierce. But sure. every, every indicator coming out of camp is that this guy looks a lot better than Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead looking a step above them. And that's what you'd expect. And he's somebody I'm moving up my rankings. He's somebody that's on, I think, probably moving to fringe RB3 territory at this point. Mm. And, you know, you, the hesitancy is the bad offense, of course. And, you know, the negative game scripts, the lack of plays. How, so he's, you know, he's, he, you know, he can only be so good in that offense, even as a starting running back. But volume is king, really. And if he and at his price point, if he's get if he gets 15 touches a game, that's a slam dunk pick. I'm just not concerned about Marlon Mack. Like what I just what is there to be concerned about? He's he hasn't been playing, you know, like realistic football since 2019. He played in six games last year, finished as RB114, had 28 attempts for 100 yards. The season before, <clears throat> played in one one game, God bless him, four carries for 26 yards. He looked good in that one game. Let me let me tell you. But then uh Torres Achilles. It's I just don't think it's much to overcome for Damian Pierce. Rex Burkhead, Marlon Mack. I mean, you look at the rest of the depth chart, there's really nothing there that's going to impress you. Pierce just has so much upside. He's shifty. He can catch the ball, has great vision. If, when he was in college at Florida, they were running an option. You know, he would, you know, have to make that split second decision. You know, am I taking it or is, is the quarterback going to go outside? You know, stuff like that really, you know, helps you, you know, catch up to the NFL speed really quickly because your eyes are constantly moving to find where that perfect hole is going to be. And realistically, he just has the best lateral quickness. Like if you're just looking at Burkhead and, and Marlon Mack and who has the freshest legs of these three, I think you just have to lean into Damian Pierce. And to your point about negative uh, game script, I feel like that only feeds more upside into Damian Pierce because he's going to be on the field for garbage time. He's going to be more inclined for third down action playing behind when when uh, they're, you know, whatever, in garbage time, playing behind, same thing, I guess, sorry. <clears throat> I feel like at some point, though, he's going to be an all-situation type of guy. Like, give it four to six games, and I feel like he might be the guy to carry us through the rest of the season for the Houston Texans. I just have a lot of confidence in him because of the situation. 
bad offense, bad competition in front of him and Mack and Burkhead. I feel like it means it's it's going to be a, a real good time for Damian Pierce owners this year. I draft him as my my third running back off the board in Scott Fishbowl. You know, I I, I mean, I, I kind of faded the running back position a little bit. I started with Jonathan Taylor, 102. Mm-hmm. Didn't draft another guy until Elijah Mitchell. Actually, yeah, it was number four. So he's my fourth running back picked. I also picked Rojo after Elijah Mitchell. So still up there pretty high, I would I would say, given the um, you know, the lack of expectation out of Houston. Yeah, and I think I think you definitely like if if you were redrafting today, I could be wrong, but I think Damian Pierce would probably go ahead of Ronald Jones today. So I I, I like that pick, oh. and especially oh. at that good value. Um, you know, Ronald Jones is making me a little nervous. I don't like that Pacheco. Am I saying that right? I don't like Pacheco. That yeah, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan. I need to learn that name, but I just I just didn't think I I had Darwin Thompson like I just was getting Darwin Thompson vibes at the beginning of camp. You know, we heard that about him a couple of years ago. And Poor Darwin. So I, I didn't really take it seriously at first, but now he's you know he's still getting first team reps. I still, I still am pretty nervous. He's not somebody I'm taking early or anything like that. But Ronald Jones is, is falling a bit down my draft board. But back to the point, Damian Pierce is still a great value in drafts. Um, either he's probably he, I could be wrong. I don't, I don't see a cheaper starting running back than him currently in drafts. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. That's the argument that you're going to get back from folks, right? Is like, well, he's not a starting running back yet. Like, well, yeah, obviously. But tell me who is going out there and be like, oh, I got to have that dog, Marlon Mack, in round 15. Like, no one's saying, like, I have to go out and get these guys. If you're, like, in the very last round of a deep draft, then maybe Rex Burkhead or Mack winds up on your roster. But it's just because literally, like, oh, well, that guy could have a, a good amount of touches until he gets hurt or until someone takes their job. You know, I don't necessarily suspect that Damian Pierce is going to be, you know, used in the red zone a lot, right? Like that's the, that's the trust zone. You give that ball to the person that you feel is going to, you know, not fumble, you know, almost at times, right? Like, yeah, you want upside to, to, to get into pay dirt, but at the same time, that is not the place where you can turn over the ball. I feel like that, that job is going straight to Rex Burkhead and maybe Pierce could carve some of that out down the, down the line, but I don't know. It's, it's tough for me to buy that Burkhead or Mac are going to be healthy for a majority or a dominant portion of this season. So for that reason, I just have Pierce up much, much higher than the ADP or the market will say. He's at running back 48. I have him at running back 39. And our most recent mock draft that me and Emerson broke down, he came off the board at 43. So seems like the community is splitting hairs. I'm someone that's willing to definitely move him up into that territory. And realistically, like running back 35 plus, these are all deep shots. These are all flyers, no matter what. You know, these are all guys that have the opportunity to bring home some extra value, but realistically, the expectations aren't high at this time. Uh, who, who's your next guy, Emerson? My next guy is uh, Cordero Patterson. I just, I just can't get it. He, he went, we went thirty-one. He as the RB thirty-one in that most recent draft that you did, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't get it. The guy did okay. I get it. He's in the Falcons' offense. He did regress at the end of the last season, but. We're not drafting him as the RB one that in the Pro Bowler that he was at the you know the first ten games of last season or so. We're drafting right. him as an RB three and an underdog. I think he's even more criminally underrated as like the RB like thirty eight. I want to say it's insane. Um, mm-hmm. It's I just don't see anybody else on the offense unless somebody like Kareem Hunt gets traded there. Patterson's still going to get majority of the work. Algier, I don't. It just depends on his role, I guess. Is, is Patterson going to be out as a wide receiver? Or is he going to be playing a little bit more running back like he did last year? I just, mm-hmm. it's still a great value to me. I think he's going to be catching passes. I think, I, I don't think he's going to finish anywhere close to where he did last season, but he doesn't need to at that price point. 
he's someone I'm targeting every, you know, especially if I, if I need a back in that range, it's an automatic click for me in the most recent drafts I'm doing. Still love the role. Like, you know, he's definitely not a dynasty asset. He's 31 years old. But at that point, like you said, at that point in the draft, it's, you know, it's a little bit more dart throws anyway. And I think he's locked into a big role and someone I'm targeting. I'm just not buying into the big role. I actually have him quite a far, quite farther down the board than, than most. You have him at running back 26. I have him at running back 43. That may be a foot in my mouth at the end of the year, but it's really more so an indication of I don't really want him on my roster. Because Arthur Smith, I feel like, is going to spread this ball around. He has real options this year. He's got a true wide receiver one in Drake London. He's got one of the better tight ends we've seen in a long time out of Kyle Pitts. Young tight ends we've seen in a lot of long time. Kyle Pitts. Um, and, and for me, like the, the running back group is just so questionable. We've heard, we've heard a lot of info about Algier in camp. Damian Williams not looking so bad. I just feel like you have a lot of roster cloggers and more so this season than you did last year. And I also feel that Marcus Mariota is going to run the ball a bit as well. So I'm, it's just not really a guy that I'm that interested in because I felt like he struck lightning last year and he's not someone that I'm betting on doing it in back-to-back seasons. He'll probably have some type of hybrid role similar to last year, but I feel like the hybrid is going to be less so at the running back position. They'll still use him there, but it's going to be less volume than he had last year. And I don't know if there's much of an argument to necessarily back that up, other than the fact that I believe Arthur Smith is going to be very creative in his play calling to try and shield poor quarterback play. I'm higher on Marcus Mariota than some. I'm excited for him, but I, I feel like we have to be realistic in what he can actually you know, consistently provide us on the field in our box scores, on our fantasy teams, et cetera. Like, I don't think we should expect them to necessarily shut the lights out, right? Like, I feel like this is a team that's going to have a very, very balanced attack, and there's not going to be one guy that they're overfeeding with touches. So RB that's how 40, I feel about Patterson. 44. Was it 42? My goodness, that that is so, that's so low. I just, it I, is, I, It's pretty far down there. And like I said, <sighs> it's more of an indication of just like, eh, I'm not in. I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, are you in on Algier or anybody like that in the Falcons offense? I don't have any of them that high. Okay. So like, like, so like, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Tyler Algier at, you know, RB30 or anything like that. I don't have any of them at, at that high. It's just a situation that I'm like, I don't need any of these running backs. You know, I'll, okay. I'll take a, I'll take Kareem Hunt as a, you know, as, as a stout backup behind Nick Chubb over some someone like that. Obviously different ADPs, but still, you know what I mean? Like I'll take someone in a dual situation over that. You know, that's a, that's interesting. I, I've been, like I said, I, I just don't, I, I know he's going to have less work than he did last year. I just don't, I just don't see it slipping all the way. If he's healthy, I just don't see him fi- uh, finishing past like RB3 territory that he's getting past now. I, you right. know, I just, I think he's a very safe pick there. He's someone you can plug in as a, I think pretty safe RB3 or four on your team. I guess we'll agree to disagree there. That's always, that's what fantasy football is about. I'm uh but he's, yeah, like I said, he's somebody I've been, especially on underdog you know, in that round 10 or 11 range, he's really low on underdog, like RB 38. And at that point, Mm. I just, there's just nobody who's had anywhere a season like him anywhere. So I I like him in that range. Definitely an upside pick for me. I'll ask one question and then we're going to hit a quick word from the sponsors again. So do you think Marcus Mariota though, is going to be an upgrade over what Matt Ryan provided the offense last year? That's it's tough. I I don't think he's got You know, Matt Ryan, it was just so uninspiring last year. I think Matt Maricus Mariota might be put in a slightly better situation um, with Drake well, London. Yeah, he was a ba- he was a backup. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's a much uh, better situation. 
Yeah, man. No, I just mean a better. I, it's it's tough. I, I I know that the Falcons wide receivers are one of the worst of the league, but Drake London should definitely make a difference. Calvin Ridley was nowhere to be seen last year. Kyle Pitts was just kind of going off by himself. So I, I would think even with the lack of wide receivers, I would think that Marcus Mariota is in a slightly better situation than Matt Ryan was last year. That's, you know, that's what mm-hmm. I was reading. But uh, I'd say like, I don't know if he will be an improvement. Like, like I said, it's really a question mark of how he'll use Patterson, Marcus Mariota. Is, is mm-hmm. he going to be like a check down safe option? Because Marcus Mariota will need that. It just, re- oh, it's just, re- yeah, it's really nerve wracking to think about the role that Cordero Patterson could take on this year, whether it's anything like last season. But I just, in that range, there's just all that upside there. I just don't mm-hmm. see anyone else with it at that, at that point. And that's, and that's fair. And that's fair. But I, I do feel like Marcus Mariota is still a downgrade from Matt Ryan. And I'm not high on Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? So, like, I also feel like the expectations of the offense just kind of need to be held in check. I I think that a lot of people are really high on this team because there's a lot of young talent. I love it. I love how the future looks like with London and Ridley and Pitts and even Desmond Ritter if Marcus Mariota is only a one-year rental. Like, I like what I'm seeing, you know, as far as, like, a growth standpoint. But for this season, I feel like there's just a lot, a lot of question marks. All right, so we're going to hit a quick word from the sponsors. We'll be right back with uh, some more climbers and fallers in ADP. Run Your Pool is a home of competition, bringing sports fans and their social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's a one-stop shop for sports gaming and customizable features that that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with Run Your Pool to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. It's free to enter, and some amazing prizes will be announced soon. Hop in now and reserve your spot. Get in over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. We're also brought to you by the Sleeper Fantasy Platform. Sleeper is the fastest-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I, I use it for mine. They just passed 4 million users. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. If you pick correctly, you can, w- you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. With the NFL season right around the corner, with right around the corner, Sleeper is the first contest game built into the fantasy experience. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, right on. And we are back in it here. We're talking ADP climbers right now for the running back position in fantasy football. Uh, we got a couple of left here, but I want I want to go through our last three here pretty quickly because I want to start getting over to the fallers, Emerson. Uh, so my next guy up we have is Kenny Gainwell. Definitely getting some really positive camp talk, uh, but this was a guy that really had a nice low-key rookie season. He had 544 all-purpose yards, six total touchdowns on 101 touches. That's really not that bad for a rookie, and it's looking like he's going to have a pretty established role this season. Uh, he's going off the board at about running back 48. I have him at running back 34. Uh, what do you uh, think about Gainwell this season? Are you higher or lower uh, than that ADP? I, I'm I'm lower than on ADP. I just don't quite see it. I, I I look at his game logs last season, and I just he had he did have a, a couple of cute, good games here and there, but he he just mm-hmm. wasn't a significant part of the offense. I didn't see anything last year that made me think 
that this guy is going to take is better than Miles Sanders. I know that they mm. I know that the Eagles just hate Miles Sanders. They 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 don't want to give him the ball. You're not wrong. <laughs> he had did he have any touchdowns last year? I think he might have had one. It's oh they, he did they, yeah. It just like I feel like it was really low. I feel like he might have had like one touchdown. Uh, but it was just it was just so low and. I just don't oh, see. Oh, he him. didn't have one last year. Wow. Yeah, that's I what thought I thought. He had two. I thought that. No, that's what I, I thought. I thought he had two. Yeah, he only had. Wow. I didn't even it, bring up yet. <laughs> well, I guess I did bring up. He had, Gainwell had six and Sanders had none. So go ahead. Sorry. So, yeah, you know, that's where a lot of. I just, oh, my God. Man, it's, it just feels like Miles Sanders is being underrated and, and should be a bigger part of the offense. It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I, did, I didn't. Like I said, I mean, maybe they if they love him. They, they, he could get a big role, and then I could just blow it up in my face like that. He's not someone I've been targeting though. Um, if he's if he's there and I need a running back late, and he and he's popping up in ADP, I've been getting a little bit exposure on underdog. He's just not someone tar- I'm targeting. I, you know, I, I just didn't see a lot of the you know most of the games that he was productive last season. They all came, of course, came with a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's he just I just don't see a huge role on the offense. He's a smaller guy. If if and if Jalen hurts. You know, I just don't see him producing a ton of fantasy relevant uh, weapons. You know, mm-hmm. he, he has AJ Brown, he has Devontae Smith, he has Dallas Goddard, he has Miles mm-hmm. Sanders. Although we'll see how much he's used. What what's left for Kenny Gainwell? We'll see if he's he's going to be definitely touchdown dependent. If Jalen Hurts starts to use the backs considerably in the passing game, he could have some mm-hmm. PPR upside. I just don't see a high ceiling there, though. You know, he could certainly be a safe floor play though maybe 10 ppr points a game but i see that more being a ceiling for him i i think he's gonna have a lot more volume this year i love the touchdown percentage on the 101 touches didn't even come to realization that sanders didn't have a single touchdown last season which is absolutely crazy to think but it's really just feeding my narrative here even more so like i feel like gainwell is going to get himself on the field more because he's a better route runner like when you see miles sanders catching passes it's a very like standard like PPR screen, like a running back screen, or he just goes right into the flat. You don't necessarily see him run a lot of routes. And when you watch Gainwell, he gets himself open running routes. So I feel like he can still be used as more of a dual threat running back. And he has got a lot of speed on him. He's got some great wheels under his legs. Honestly, I don't see Miles Sanders as being a huge threat to Gainwell. I see, you know, Boston Scott being more of a threat. Like he's still a veteran. He's still there. Been in the league for, I think, uh, four years now. I feel like they're going to use the three of them some, but I feel like, you know, all this positive stuff I'm hearing about Gainwell, it kind of fits, you know, what they were talking about doing last season, and it kind of reinforces his usage last year. There was a lot of times where Gainwell was on the field in the red zone, and they just wouldn't, like, they wouldn't give him the ball. You know, there was, he had six touchdowns last season. He could have easily had eight to 10 because there was a lot of opportunities where, he was you know, on the field and they were close to the goal line and they were just giving out different looks. So his route running ability with him progressing as a runner is why I'm so high on him. I do like Miles Sanders as well. I've been being, been able to get him at really good value on teams where I'm like stacking running backs, where I want a lot of running back depth. I've been able to get him. He's been very available for me this offseason. Um, I have him at running back 24. So that's only 10 spots higher than, than Kenny Gainwell. Um, okay. and, and Sanders is a little bit higher than, than yours. You have him at running back 30 and I've got him at 24. So maybe I'm just a little bit higher on the rushing offense for the Eagles in general. Um, but honestly behind AJ Brown, you have Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, as far as pass catchers go. And those guys are going to get held in check. Like Devonta Smith was the leading receiver last year and he didn't even go over a thousand receiving yards. He had a ton of opportunity. 
Could you I, better I, this year? Could you better this year with AJ Brown there? But I don't know. I feel like Gainwell feeds into the, the the passing offense even more so as the offense gets better passing. You know, you're talking to a Devon. I love Devontae Smith. I just think I I I think it was Hertz holding him back last year, and I'd love to see Hertz mm-hmm. take a step forward as a passer. And if Hertz does take a step forward as a passer, I think Kenny Gainwell could if 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 Hertz if Hertz is passing the way mm-hmm. that they did at the end of last season, that that kind of volume and take Katie to step forward. I could absolutely uh, see him being productive. I don't, yeah, like I said, he's a little bit lower for me. You know, the, only, the big concerning part for me, I guess, is that I just thought it seemed like in the beginning of the year he was playing well, and they, but they mm. just didn't play him at the end of the year. His snap percentage at the end of the year was actually fairly low. And Gainwell? It, it was, yeah, it was lower than yeah. it was at the beginning of the season. So it was just strange to see him be a part of the offense and then fade out of the game plan. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, he's definitely seems like he has a lot of camp momentum. It was just strange to see at the end of last year. I would have liked to see him finish off the year strong. He's not someone on my radar as much as you, like I said, but someone who I might have to be draft. You know, I might be doing an underdog draft tonight, and I might see his name pop up, and I might just get a share just for you. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. All right, we're, we're going to hit our last two guys really quickly here. We're just going to kind of go of who would you rather have. S- seems kind of clear. I have Darrell Williams moving up for from ADP 54, up to running back 44. And then you have Dobbins, who's up about four spots. You have him from um, running back 24 up to running back 20. And I have Darrell Williams up 10 spots. I mean, based on their ADP, I think they're both decent values. But for J.K. Dobbins, I want to wait more. You know, like I, I want I want to hear more information on how he's kind of reacting to the, the training camp workload, how he's feeling, and, you know, before I really kind of overcommit to him. Yeah, the, the news just came in today that he should, uh, they, you know, he's cleared off of the PUP and he should be on track mm-hmm. for week one. So that that is a really positive. Um, I, you know, he's going about, he's going at that end RB2 range. And in that, and just considering the lack of passing weapons on, mm-hmm. on the offense, you got to think he got absolutely no passing work when he had his productive run at the end of 2020. You'd like to see you'd like to see them throw him a few passes. He showed he could catch passes at Ohio State, so you'd you, you'd like to see that. And I, I see he's the RB two in the offense, but you know at, at RB at the low RB two range that he is, I, I see a lot of potential. Uh, especially, I definitely see the Baltimore Ravens going back to their run heavy approach that they've had traditionally in the past. They're going to be one of the mm-hmm. run heaviest teams in the league, despite Lamar Jackson having by far leading quarterbacks and rushing attempts. I certainly expect Dobbins to have a significant role. And if, if he, if he, you know, if he, if he takes fire, you know, he's one of those guys who I just see lots of potential, very high upside mm-hmm. compared to the players around him. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. I mean, he's, again, he's not someone that I want right now because I want to just, I want to wait it out. Right. I want to get more info. So I have him at running back 27. I'm sure that I'm going to move him up. Like I'm, I'm very confident in that. Like it's kind of built into my ranking that he's going to be moving up to probably, probably somewhere between 22 and 24, even if they say like he's a full, you know, green light go. I, I still feel like I'm going to hold back and be a, just a little bit tentative on his on his stock coming off of the injury and just how much they run. You know, like obviously that upside is there because of how much they run, but one clean shot and he's right back to the IR. You know what I mean? Like it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's it's always a, a gamble when you're betting on guys coming back from injury. So uh, just really quickly on Darrell Williams, uh, James Conner finished as an RB five in this offense last year. Obviously, James Conner more of an injury prone history. I feel like Darrell Williams, he can kind of do it all. You're very familiar with him. He can block. He can catch. You know, he can really be on the field at any in any type of situation. He's been used in the red zone. 
He was predominantly used last year over um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the playoffs, and also Jarek McKinnon was in that, in that mix as well. He finished with over 1,000 all-purpose yards last year, finished as running back 18. If you're talking to me about a great opportunity in the back of my drafts, I think Darrell Williams is an absolute must uh, target, You know, as, as whether you call it a sleeper or a flyer or whatever terminology or criteria you want to give it. I feel like he should be rostered in, in pretty much every format uh, given, again, the history of, of Connor, how much the offense did utilize the running back position last year. And I think we also can agree, Emerson, that we both expect Connor to have some regression in his numbers and his volume, right? So that definitely carves out an open role for Jarrell Williams, and especially on an offense that's going to be you know, seeking more help with the departure of Christian Kirk, with missing uh, DeAndre Hopkins for at least the first six games. I love the opportunity for Jarrell uh, Williams. You know, I if, if he gets the role, I, lo- I love it. You know, I just I just don't think he's I just don't think he's particularly talented. He's kind of a little bit more of a plotter. Mm-hmm. He he had one of the, like if I, I know PFF grades all their running backs, and I think he was the mm-hmm. second lowest rated running back of the qualified running backs they rated last year. He, you mm-hmm. know, he, like I said, he, he, I just don't know if he's locked locked in for the role. You know, Benjamin's getting a lot of camp, uh, positive camp reports. If 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 he's the guy though, if Daryl Williams is the guy. In the second string, and you know, Con- I believe Connor's probably going to miss some time this year too. He has consistently in the past, and you could probably be- pencil him in probably just for thirteen, you know, thirteen or fourteen games would probably be you. Mm. A Connor owner would probably be very happy with that. Right. So there, if Daryl Williams is going to have some opportunities this season when, when Connor is out with some, uh, hopefully just some minor minor injuries, hopefully none at all. But so I, I definitely think he has upside. Like I said, he's not somebody I'm aggressively targeting. Mm. I I'm. I'm a little bit more on like Jamal Williams is somebody I'm. I, I, I will. Okay. okay. Before we go off on tangents, I'll let, we'll get to the followers. We can, we can just keep going all day. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> all right. Before we get to the followers, we just got one more word from the sponsors. We'll be right back. Emerson, did you know that browsing online using the incognito mode only doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP and all other prying eyes. You can use IP Vanish, uh, IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computer's tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in, or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. And IP Vanish is also offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take back your privacy and brand with a brand that's rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promo code SGP to claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com slash SGP. All right, and we're back. We're talking fallers in our ADP rankings for the running back position. We've already covered Joe Mixon. He was climbing for you. He's falling for me. Uh, let's see. Let's let's go over to DeAndre Swift. You got DeAndre Swift falling about four spots here, Emerson. What's up with him? You know, it's not it's not even somebody. I I thought I thought I'd like Swift. You know, it's it's just tough for me. It, there's there's just other guys I like more than him. I don't I don't even have mm-hmm. really a strong case against him. I'd be more building a case for the guys I have ahead of him. Okay. Beyond, but the reason I do have my guest ranked a little bit lower is he kind of has that Saquon Barkley kind of syndrome. It, while just kind of being in the Detroit offense, it just the rushing attempts 
are are likely he's not you know he's going to have games where he runs the ball for actually well hopefully that changes this year the Lions I do project to have a fantastic offensive line sure hopefully you know hopefully that leads to just some big rushing lanes for DeAndre Swift last season Mm -hmm. he 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 had poor efficiency as a runner you know he had those 20 carries 40 yards the Lions do project to have like on paper the Lions have one of the best offensive lines in the league this could certainly change and if in and if he's getting, I just I see a little bit of a regression in target volume too. Is the reason I have him a little bit lower. You get DJ mm-hmm. Shark, TJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross, St. Brown. There's just a Jamison Williams when he's available. There's just there's you know Jared Goff is going to be spreading that ball around a lot. Like I, he he's like my RB four in Dynasty though. He's somebody I really like still. I love the future. I just mm-hmm. have him a little bit lower this year just because of the role I see him in. I I love the future like I said, and somebody who I could definitely see myself ranking a little. I, I, I Every time I look at my rankings, I'm like, oh, I got to change this. So he's definitely somebody who it feels really low at RB11. Um, it's just like I said, I have some other guys ranked higher. Yeah, I, I feel you. For me in this offense, because of how bad it has been, he does give me those type of like Alvin Kamara type of vibes, like CMC level production, as long as he's healthy. And he has hit the injury bug a little bit in his early career, um, but I have him at running back eight. So I do have him slotted in the top 10. Some of that actually is because of his youth. He's got younger legs, less miles on the wheels for sure. Um, I do think that the offense takes a step forward. Uh, I like the addition of uh, of Shark. Obviously, you have Hawkinson and, and Amon Ra there. Um, and they have some other roster cloggers that they just really like, like Cephas and Khalif Raymond that they're going to, I think, use to open up the field. Uh, so I think that this offense can take a step forward this year. I still like Swift. I don't think moving him down to 10 or 11 is really that big of a fall. Um, but I could see why you would prioritize some of these other guys ahead of them. Uh, my first guy up here I have is Damian Harris. This was someone that I was really high on coming into this offseason just because of his crazy usage uh, down the stretch of last season. He had 15 touchdowns in 15 games. I think he finished around like a somewhere between 1,000 to 1,100 yards, somewhere in that range. Um, but, man, all of the camp talk is nothing but the passing offense. It's Mac Jones. It's Devontae Parker. It's Ramondre Stevenson. Like everything we're hearing right now out of camp is, you know, this offense is going to take a step forward in the passing game. <clears throat> and Harris really relied on, you know, his touchdowns, you know, to to bring home like that that 80 or not 80 p value, but end of year finish. I mean, obviously he was like a huge league league winner. Um, I was looking at the yardage. Yardage was. 929 on the ground and 132 in the air. So, again, a little bit over 1,000, 202 attempts. It was running back 14 that he finished at with 15 rushing touchdowns. Doesn't that feel really low for 15 rushing touchdowns? Uh, yeah, it is definitely, you know, it's he was definitely very touchdown dependent. You know, he, he he's not someone I, I, I don't see a lot of upside. He's not someone I see pushing RB1 territory. He is someone though mm-hmm. that I think is pretty safe in that range though. If he's mm-hmm. healthy, it's hard to see me it's hard to see him finishing lower than the RB like 26, RB30 where he's going. He's right. going to he's going to I think he's still likely going to be the lead back on first and second down. Maybe Stevenson mm-hmm. takes that maybe Stevenson takes a third down role, but he's kind of like uh Patterson in the sense that he, you know you, we have a lot of arguments against him and why he's a decreasing role, but he's also at a significant discount compared to mm-hmm. where he finished last season. So could I, I could definitely see him, uh, you know, if he's healthy, getting uh, 
you know, beating potentially even beating that ranking. It's just, I just don't see a lot of upside. I just don't see, you know, him ever being, you know, him cracking RB one territory this year, just because yes, like you said, he's very touchdown dependent last season. Yeah. It, I, I think we both agree though, that there's going to be a re- touchdown regression, right? Mm-hmm. So if there's regression there and he maintains a similar yardage, we're going to see a pretty big fall here. Oh yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like I said, could, but what what's the fall though? Could, that's probably still RB twenty five, RB thirty. So like like I said, I think he's safe to finish where he is. So I don't hate the ADP, mm. but is, is he ever going to be, you know, crack? Are you are you going to feel safe starting him a lot of weeks? Probably probably not. You're not going to feel great about it. Right. You know, he's probably you know ten ten points a lot of weeks. I could see that if he doesn't score, maybe even sub that if he doesn't score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I felt like last year the the reason why he did so well was he was really protecting the passing game. He was protecting Mac Jones. And this year it it sounds like that won't be necessary. It sounds like the offense will be more vertical and, and kind of like similar to, to Atlanta, they have just so many roster cloggers. Like I mentioned, adding Devontae Parker, you still have guys there like Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, those two tight ends and Hunter Henry. Don't forget about Johnu Smith. You know what I mean? Like and Ramondre Stevenson. Not so worried about uh, worried so much about James White, but they still do have a pretty deep room there, and you never really know who Bill's going to roll out. You know, he could roll out with Ty Montgomery one week and be like, "Well, Ty Montgomery's getting eight carries and five catches. The rest of you guys will, you know, you'll get what you get." You know what I mean? Like that's the Patriot way. I'm I'm also not believing that Pierre Strong's going to come in and take touches, but there's a lot of people that are talking him up in camp as well. So I feel like there's just a lot of like other stocks that are up on the team. So maybe that's just why I'm pulling Harris's stock down more so because with all these other weapons being added, he may not be as much of a featured weapon. Let's move on to this guy. This, this one's kind of exciting for you. I got Clyde Edwards Hilaire buried in my rankings, Emerson. I'm talking, I'm talking Cordell Patterson buried. He's buried behind Cordell Patterson. He's at, I got him at running back 45. Oh, what do you, that, that, oh. too low. Oh yeah, I'll tell you, you you're you're not gonna get any you're not gonna get any Clyde Edwards Hilaire support support from me. As a Chiefs fan, I'm very out on him. I it's like Pache, I think Pacheco could unseat him honestly, and then you could totally be right. Just because of the upside, I can't put him that low. I, he's still he's still leading the uh, the reps I believe on the first team, so he's still projected to be that lead back. I don't we'll, I don't think he can stay. I, I don't see him staying healthy. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. see him being, I don't see him being considerably productive in the touches that he gets, especially outside of the passing game. Now, he, if he takes on a different role than we've ever seen before in the chief offense, uh, the actual role that he would came into the NFL to do and be a passing running back and catch passes, I, I, he, I, he could be a big return on value. I, I don't see it. It hasn't happened yet. Yeah. He's somebody that I like, certainly I, I don't have him that low, but I do, I have been, on record saying that I don't think he's going to get the majority of touches in the running back field, uh, running back room this year, uh, whether I guess that's now split between maybe Pacheco and Ronald Jones or just one of them overtaking him. I just don't see him in the lead role. To me, I just don't know what his role will be. He's not a goal line back. He's not the PPR back. Honestly, I just feel like he's holding up Rojo and McKinnon here. You know what I mean? And then maybe the, the sprinkling in of Pacheco when applicable, right? Like, and I'm, I don't know. People are just kind of forgetting about Derek Gore as well. Like I know he's a little bit older, but this was a guy that people were able to plug and play in like the fantasy playoffs last year. And he, he brought home some respectable value. I'm not saying he deserves a role by any means. Like he doesn't deserve like a ton of touches, but I feel like 
they're kind of deep when with guys that they're willing to give touches to. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't really like scream like I need to be on the field for this any one particular circumstance. I need to be on the field for first down. Eh, not really. I need to be on the field for the red zone. Eh, not so much. I need to be on the field for third down. Eh, you really can't block. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that he's just like amazing at. We saw him go for over a thousand all purpose yards his rookie season, but like two, like 200 of those came from like two games. Game one, where they blew out the Houston Texans. I was at that, that was an game. awesome, that was an awesome game, dude. Like, I remember I that watching that. Game. That's an awesome game. They just blew them out. It was the first game of the season. Fantasy fantasy juices were flowing. Mm-hmm. I had called Clyde Edwards a top 12 running back, and he went over right. like 130 yards. It was awesome. And then those takes came crumbling down. <laughs> I, I know. I was on board. I had him as a top five back. I was drafting him, and like I was I was putting him out in like the first round. I was, I I was fully a- on board. I had him at number 12. It's okay. Ugh. It happens. It's 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 fantasy and it's supposed to be fun. So have fun with it, right? But hey, we have learned Emerson, no more curb <laughs> appeal. No more Kansas City explosive offense curb mm-hmm. appeal. We're learning our lesson. We're passing on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm significantly higher on Rojo, significantly higher on Jerk McKinnon, who people I feel like are forgetting about. And it sounds like Isaiah Pacheco is gonna be like, you know, like a Labor Day draft climber. You know what I mean? Kind of like when um what was it? Was it Le'Veon Bell that they signed when everyone was really high on Damian Williams? Mm-hmm. Was that was that it? And yeah. it was like right in Labor Day weekend. Everyone just got done drafting Dame Williams and like in the third and fourth rounds of their single single QB drafts because of curb <laughs> appeal. It's the damn curb appeal of this uh. offense. And you have to learn to just draft talent alone. I'm not saying that Rojo is, is like the end all be all, but I feel like he can have a role in the red zone. He can have a role on third down. Jerick McKinnon, same thing. He can be used as a pass catcher, probably even, you know, moved around on some trickery, some end around reverses, moved to receiver, moved back to running back, stuff like that. I don't see what is so creative or amazing by Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I feel like these first team reps in training camp, it kind of feels like when the Bears didn't um, give Trubisky his, his extension, right? We're going to give him the opportunity, and when he doesn't fulfill it in the first couple of games, you're out of here. You're gone. You're done. I feel like it's going to be a similar situation. By week four, he's going to be in the, out of the back of our heads, probably farther than running back 45, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I'm not a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire fan. I, I think about it every day that we should have drafted Jonathan Taylor and, Met, and DK Metcalf instead of McCole Hardman, where we'd be today. Hey, where would you be if my Bears drafted Mahomes? You know what I'm, you know what I'm oh. saying? You'd be you'd be a Super Bowl Super Bowl short, that's for sure. All right, we got a couple of guys here to check off our list. Uh, Nick Chubb, you're a little bit lower on him. Uh, Emerson, he's going off the board at running back nine. You've got him at running back fourteen. Hit me with it. You know, if this is all subject to change, if Kareem Hunt gets traded, I would have to completely rethink that. Sure, in, in, sure. in being a lead back, but I just see him being. In, in a little bit of a timeshare in what what could be one of the worst offenses in the league. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, you know, I think he's going to be productive when he's out there, but you know, just like, you know, Kareem Hunt, if he's, if Kareem Hunt's getting touchdowns, if the offense is stagnant, a lot of games because Jacoby Brissett is just not moving the ball, eight man boxes. That's just like, we're going to make Jacoby Brissett, you know, beat us because we're putting, you know, just everybody against Nick Chubb. If Kareem Hunt, you know, is healthier this year and takes, and, and you know, it takes a significant workload. I just don't – there are just other guys I like a lot more than him, more mm-hmm. better offenses, more plays ran, more touchdown opportunities. Uh, uh, you know, not as – you know, Kareem Hunt is one of the most talented running backs in the league. And, you know, most – you know, he's the probably the most talented second running back in the league. So, 
you know, just considering all those, he, I just have him a little bit lower in my rankings. Sure. And that's even if you call Kareem Hunt a second running back, right? Yeah. He's realistically mm-hmm. just uh, an RB1 used in a running heavy offense in the Browns, right? So I'm right there with you. Actually, I'm looking at our rankings, Emerson. You have him at running back 16 in PPR, and I have him at the very same ranking. We both have him at RB16 in PPR format. So I'm not sure in our sheet you wrote 14, but I'm looking at our, at our website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash fantasy football rankings. And we both have them at 16. So yeah. it seems like we're, 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 um, we're sniffing, sniffing out the same situation here, which is you don't know how long you have Deshaun for. Maybe he's even gone the entire year, which is like, ouch, Jacoby Brissett. Who, who is the other guy they brought in Rosen? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like not an ideal Please, situation. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they could go after Jimmy Garoppolo if some type of information was accelerated on Deshaun Watson. I'm not thinking that's going to be the case. Right now, the way it stands, he's suspended six games. We could get worse than that. And that could have that that get worse point is from now today through week six. At any point in time between now and then, he could be gone for the whole year. So you're still exposing yourself to that risk going into draft season. I think we both see the very safe floor for Nick Chubb as far as rushing ability goes, but as far as how you boom in your rankings with touchdowns, pass catching upside, Nick Chubb doesn't really check those boxes. And again, with all the question marks around the Browns, I think me and Emerson have him in a very good slot because we're still appropriating his high-end talent, but the low-end situation, I, I feel like we kind of have a good combination there at running back 16, right in the middle of running back two territory. So I'm really good with it. Um, my next guy up I have is AJ Dillon. I'm not sure what the Packers are doing Emerson, but I've moved him from being drafted as running back 20 down to running back 28. And it's really just because this offense didn't add any pass catching targets. I figured they'd go out and they'd get themselves a Will Fuller, a Julio Jones, give Aaron Rodgers another real weapon to pass to. But because he hasn't, or because they haven't, excuse me, the Packers, that is, I'm believing that Aaron Jones could have an Alvin Kamara level season. Where he, you know, he he's coming off a career year of uh, receptions over fifty plus receptions last year. Why can't he hit eighty? Why can't he hit seventy five plus with the departure of Devonte Adams? I don't know the vacated targets off the top of my head, Emerson, but I have to imagine it's one hundred and sixty plus. Oh yeah, absolutely. And but but what what I would say to counter that is what maybe it, you know the idea. I think AJ Dillon. Uh, you know, truthers are going into here with what if uh, AJ Dillon kind of takes on that Mark Ingram role in that offense, kind of sure. maybe taking the rushing road. Although he does, he does have receiving chops as well. Mm-hmm. He had three I, I plus catches I, last year. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't have him quite that low. I think he will factor in. I just don't see. I do agree with you though. He's just not someone once again that I see where like the upside is unless Aaron Jones misses time. I just don't mm-hmm. see. You know, I just there's just no scenario where he finishes in as a top 15 running back if Aaron Jones is healthy. So, you know, just considering that, he's not someone I'm aggressively targeting, but it's a safe, as I think, you know, once again, kind of like a Damian Harris, just a very, you know, if he's healthy the whole year, just maybe very safe to probably return on that value. But I just mm-hmm. think lacks that ceiling. So I feel like this season, like if you look at Dylan last year, he had 800 rushing yards. And 300 receiving, that's nothing to kick around. I I do like that little bit of extra upside there. But my bet is is that you're going to see Aaron Jones potentially with 15 to 1,700 all-purpose yards, and Dylan's going to be closer to like similar numbers to last year with lesser touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like I just don't see how they're going to say, oh, yeah, Aaron Jones, you rushed for the same amount of yards as A.J. Dylan last year. 
you're not going to run the ball either. You know what I mean? Like these guys are both going to run the ball. I just feel like because of that split and lack of injury, it's going to help. It's going to hold Dylan back to some really low weeks. You could see, I think the big weeks are going to need to be the weeks where he puts in a couple of touchdowns, but even last year, the big body guy only had five rushing touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like for the bolder that he is, that number should be higher. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's something that you could certainly see go up this year. You still think the Packers offense, I'm sure, you know, they're still going to be a good offense with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. It's hard mm-hmm. to man, where, where is that ball going right now? You know, it almost absolutely. feels like, man, it, it's just like if you're trying to get your best players out in the field, you, you'd think maybe they try to have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon uh, packages together on the field because you're, you mm-hmm. want your best offensive players out there. They're very thin at wide receiver. Um, I think you're going to see some uh, some dubs and Rogers touches at the running back position. I think we're you know what I I I if I hear more uh, if I see one more Dubs highlight of him jumping over (laughs) and catching balls over third string cornerbacks I I don't know what I'll do oh I just don't I still am drafting Christian Watson over Romeo Dawes I just don't oh damn. Well, that's I, tough for a guy that's on the pup like that. Like that's that's tough for me when you have a guy that's coming in just at a slower pace. You know what if, I mean? Like, if he misses, if he if it's still a month from now and he's on the pup, okay, I I, I will adjust my rankings. But it's just like, man, mm-hmm. I know the the Packers obviously think what you know, obviously at least thought in April that Watson was significantly more talented. I'm gonna right. bet on the draft capital. Uh, I you know I just I'm not I. I like Dubs. I'm certainly moving up my rankings. Mm-hmm. I love the Rodgers hype that he's throwing on it, but I just right. I've seen it before. I've uh, that Jake Kumarov. I've I've seen Aaron Rodgers <laughs> hype him up for years. I, I'm not buying it. I'm not full, fully in, but you know what? Is I've certainly have him rose him considerably in my rankings. I think I I was like on the fantasy pros consensus. I'm sure that's a little behind just because people haven't updated it. I was like 120 right. spots ahead, so I certainly have him up there. Well, during draft season, you know, during like startup season, I grabbed me some Christian Watson. But now that we're into redraft and fast forward, I feel like I need to pump the brakes and, you know, go with the guy that's, you know, been starting to build that connection with um, with Rodgers and just his quarterback. And uh, it just means that he could have a more reliable role to start the season. Watson, you know, kind of builds that up as the season goes on and could be the more valuable piece come to the end of the year. Uh, But when I'm looking at, you know, roster availability now, Dubes is moving up the boards. And if you want them, you know, you gotta you gotta react with everybody else too. So I feel you though. I I feel like you know buying the draft capital is not a bad strategy. Uh, it's really a coin flip, you know, between the two. Um, I would hope that uh, Watson is healthier come uh, closer to week one. So, all right. Well, we are gonna head out. This was a good uh, good hour of fantasy info. Hope you guys were able to have some good takeaways, uh, some good actionable advice. Emerson, do you have anything to to share before we head out? Uh, no, not, but yeah, check us out. I'm going to be on the 1 a.m. time slot on Eastern time on the, uh, on the marathon tomorrow where we'll be drafting on underdog. I'll be at the 1 a.m. slot, Ryan Kramer doing 24 hours straight. So join me late, late, late tomorrow night. If you want to uh, join us. So we'll see you there. You can find me on the same uh, uh, show at 8 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> a little bit more equitable hours. So I'm, I'm not uh, as big time. I, I don't. I don't get a prime time slot. I had to go on like the 2 a.m. commercial hour. It's fine. It's fine. I'll get there eventually. It's okay. <laughs> it, for for reference, it's an it was an open list invitation, sir. I just I just happened to pick a good you know slot time. Okay, like there's no there's no favoritism over here. We're we're a very well rounded group. A meritocracy. Everybody gets up for it. All right, we're going to head out. Everybody take care, be well, be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.